This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything Is Black and White Podcast. It's time for our match preview. Newcastle travel down to South Yorkshire to take on Sheffield United at Bramall Lane on Thursday. Um, an interesting midweek kickoff. I'm joined by Stu Rayner, formerly of the Chronicle and Journal, now down in Yorkshire covering various of the Yorkshire clubs. Stu, thank you very much for joining us. Um, first of all, can Newcastle beat this very good Sheffield United side? Um, I think they'll be hard pressed to, to be honest with you. They're in, uh, they're in pretty good form, the Blades. And uh, I know, obviously, Newcastle had a had a great result at the weekend, but um, Sheffield United are a pretty formidable uh, prospect to be facing at the moment. I mean, looking at the form of Sheffield United, I was I was surprised. I mean, they're unbeaten. And was it? Is it? I've got it written down here um, in the last seven. But I mean, it's only two wins in that seven. But still, that's a, that's a brilliant bit of form to be taken in that festive period. Mm, well, it is. You know, particularly when you look at the um, you look at the teams they've come up against in that time. You know, they come up with a. Drew against the Wolves side, who again have been in sort of surprisingly good form recently. Uh, they beat Arsenal. They drew with Manchester United. They hammered Burnley three 0 which is which is very rare. So uh, yes, they've been uh, been in excellent form and they've been playing some very good stuff. And what is it? Why are they in such good form? Is it that kind of a Premier League bounce that some promotion sides get when they come up, or is it because you know Chris Wilder is a very good manager and they've got a good mix of players, or is it a bit of everything? Do you think? I think it's a bit of everything, but I think I think more than anything, this is a group of players who've, who've been together for two or three seasons now. Really, I mean, this is you know this is essentially the team that came up from League One that's been refined and tweaked as it's gone along, and it, they've got a very set way of playing, which um, you know it's pretty it's pretty clear what it is, but it's it's something you know other teams have been able to um, have probably been able to work out what it is, but not actually been able to combat it. Um, and yeah, they've just got some some very underrated players and an extremely underrated manager, um, and they're uh, they're confident as well. I'd say on the back of this um, seven match unbeaten run, and they're unbeaten away from home. Not that that's relevant to Thursday, but they were unbeaten away from home since January. That that too has really bolstered their confidence. It sounds like a very good time to be a blade. There you're talking about the way they play, um, so it's the tactics, which seems to be frustrating a lot of sides. Can you just tell our listeners a bit about what Newcastle will come up against? Yeah, I mean, they, they play back three, which obviously Newcastle do as well, but they play it in a very, in a very different way. Um, 
to the, to the way Newcastle do. They, they, there's been much made of their um, overlapping fullbacks, and, uh, and basically the way they operate is that John Egan, the uh, central central defender, basically holds the fort, while uh, Chris Basham and Jack O'Connell are both allowed to uh, to get outside of the wing backs and and bomb them forward. And, uh, and the way they do it is that. Uh, when the ball's on the left-hand side, it's O'Connell will get forward and bash him when it's on the right. Oliver Norwood, the central midfielder, will drop in and give them uh, extra solidity at the back. And then, let say, the, the wing-back will bomb on, that centre-back will bomb on, and you'll find that the two attacking midfielders, John Lundstrom and, uh, and John Fleck, will peel out wide as well and give them a massive overload in the wings. And you've, you've also got David McGoldrick, the... Uh, Said to forward, he'll sometimes pop up out wide as well. So uh, the opposition fullbacks, or in the case of Newcastle wingbacks, um, could quickly find themselves really heavily outnumbered. Is it a case that they take the game to the opposition, especially Bromelino? Is it a case they absorb pressure and try and hit teams on the counter? It, it can be a bit of both, really. Uh, I say when they when they beat Burnley three 0 at Bromelino, that was definitely taking the game to the opposition. Same as when they drew 3-3 with Manchester United the other week. Um, against Wolves on, on Sunday, uh, they took the lead after 63 seconds. And from that point on, they sat back and did absorb the pressure and hit them on the counter-attack. So I think I think they've been unfairly portrayed a bit as, as a bit one-dimensional. I think people have been a bit oversimplistic in the way they've looked at it. Um, they, can, they can mix it. They can play... They can play whatever way they need to. You know, they're not afraid to hit the ball long, um, but when they get it down and pass it, they scored a, a beautiful goal against Burnley, uh, passing the ball out to the left hand side and back in. No, so I'm just saying, so that you know, they can really adapt the style of play to the circumstances. But uh, you know, given that they're at home, I would expect them to be to be more on the front foot from the start. But you know, they'll they'll adapt as the game goes on. I guess, though, if they do that, they start on the front foot. Newcastle's strength um, yeah. is a counter-attacking style. I mean, you 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 saw them um, obviously play a few times before you uh, you left to, to head down south. Will that play in Newcastle's hands? And if if Sheffield United are constantly pushing forward um, and, and allowing Newcastle to maybe to to hit them on the break? No, I don't think so because I don't, I don't think they will constantly push forward. I, I think it will be a, a balance. As I said, when when those um, when those centre backs bomb on, Norwood's very disciplined about dropping in. Um, McGoldrick's very disciplined about dropping into midfield and and helping out. They, 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 when they're on the front foot, they're not gung ho. You know, you wouldn't be unbeaten away from home since January if you were reckless in the way you played. Um, you know, they, they did have a bit of a mad eight-minute period against Manchester United where they conceded three goals. But I think that was more about the quality of the opposition's attacking players than any sort of looseness or giddiness on the, on the part of Sheffield United. They are they are very solid. I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of those games in the, in the seven-match unbeaten run have been draws. Uh, they're not... They're not like Kevin Keegan's Newcastle. They're not... Uh, they're not one of those teams. You know, they are, they are quite... Um, quite measured where they need to be. And you can see that in the amount of goals conceded, if I'm not mistaken, it's just mm. thirteen this season, which only Liverpool and Leicester have conceded less, which is which is fantastic considering a newly promoted side, considering the rest of the talent in the Premier League and the sides that, you know, Sheffield United have already faced so far. Yeah, I mean I say I think, you know, part of it is they've just got good players, you know, Dean Henderson's a very good goalkeeper. 
the centre backs are, are quite underrated. Well, I would say most of the players are quite underrated, to be honest with you. But I think above all, it comes down to the organisation, which, as I say, comes from having been together for so long as a team. They all know when somebody attacks, who has to fill in. You know, they all know where they need to be at any given period. And while, you know, when they're in possession of the ball, sometimes it can be a bit deliberately, you know, chaotic with people popping up left, right, and centre. As soon as they lose it, everyone knows where they need to be. The shape's really good, and uh, and there's a there's a lot of organisation behind that defensive um, defensive performance. And of course, a lot of credit has to go to to Wilder, who seems to rule and not with an iron fist, but he's always wanting to improve. If there's a mistake, he's straight onto it. Um, you know, and he is being linked to, or he has been linked to some of the top jobs already, despite only being in the Premier League. You know, a matter of months. Yeah, well, I think the thing with Wilder is, I think what what's sort of gone under the radar is his, is his record working up the leagues, not just at Sheffield United, but you know at Northampton and Oxfordshire, uh, sorry, at Oxford United and uh, and clubs like that. He's got a consistent record of, of success, and and really, what's happening now is just a continuation of something that that you know people who are just focused on the Premier League haven't really noticed. And then you've got Newcastle then visiting. I mean, first of all, what is the feeling about this game? Is this the game that Sheffield United, that Chris Wilder, are thinking, you know, we really should come away with all three points here? I think they'll probably be targeting it. But, you know, where they are at the moment, seventh in the league, they're, they're fortunate they don't really have must-win games at the moment. I think they're just looking at things in terms of, keeping things t- ticking over and keeping this momentum going, really. Um, and they, they will be keen to win because, you know, they will look at it and think that the the way they're playing and the way Newcastle is playing, you know, particularly against the uh, the, the less-heralded clubs, that it, it's an opportunity for them to pick up three points. But um, I don't think there'll be any sort of um, desperation about it or anything like that that you might get with a team, you know, towards the bottom of the league. Do you think that's going to be Newcastle's weakness then? Because we saw um, against Villa, you know, they were shocking against City. They mm. were superb. And they do, like you mentioned, seem to have um, more trouble against those uh, sides, you know, further down the table. And obviously with Sheffield United seventh in the league, um, you know, doing really well. Is it a case that Newcastle might struggle against them? Um, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, Wilder will be looking to take advantage of. I think so. I mean, I think if, if you look at Newcastle United, not just under Steve Bruce, but under Benitez as well, you know, they did have a good record against, you know, obviously beat Manchester City early in the, earlier in the year, drew to them the other day. You know, the record, the results against Tottenham and, that, and, and those bigger clubs, Manchester United as well. I think, I think Newcastle are more comfortable when the opposition are expected to force the pace um, and they're able to sit in, be a bit more defensive because we know Newcastle are extremely well organised defensively as well in those sorts of situations. Um, but when they need to come out on the front foot a bit more and when there's a bit more onus on them to attack, um, I think I think that's where I think that's where they struggle a bit more. And as you say, you know, against Aston Villa, they got undone by a couple of set set pieces and that sort of opened the floodgates really. Um, and Sheffield United, you know, are, are another club who can who can be dangerous from, from set pieces. Norwood puts in a very good delivery and Basham and O'Connell are particularly good at attacking the ball. Um but I, I think I think just I think just generally my my impression of Newcastle is a team that 
performs better when expectations are low. Yeah, and, I think uh, most people would agree with that. Um, yeah. Well, for you then, what is like the strength of Sheffield United? If if you were sitting down with Steve Bruce and you were going to say, right, this is the one thing that you really need to, to work on before Thursday, what is the strength in which Steve Bruce needs to try and hit? I I think I think the the, the biggest thing for Newcastle United would probably be um, be the roles of um, Almiron and Sam Maximum because as I say they do really overload in wide areas and those two players are really going to have to help out the wing backs I think which is not not the strength of either of them so you know he might he might want to consider maybe a, a, a change of personnel to put you know a more a more defensive minded uh, player in those wide areas but whoever it is will need to track back you know we'll need to help Villains and, and Yedlin or whoever it is at right wing back because otherwise they will just get absolutely swamped by uh, by the Sheffield United players pulling out wide. And in terms of a weakness for Sheffield United, what is the one thing which you think Newcastle should try and take advantage of? Um, well, I, I guess I guess the other the other side of it is to is to try and get in behind those wide players and and occupy them, you know. Um, and that is the positive of Tim Maxman and, and Amir, and obviously. Um, Adama Traore caused them a lot of problems at the weekend, um, and if you if you can maybe get get the wing backs and the centre backs in a position where they're they're reluctant to to go forward because they're worried about being caught in behind, um, then I guess I guess that's probably probably your best your best step. But they do seem pretty fearless, to be honest with you, with that protection Mill would provide. And the key man for Sheffield United, I mean, who's the one that Newcastle re- really need to keep quiet? Um, I would say it's quite a few to be honest at the moment because it's a, it's a bit of a collective effort. But um, I would say if they can maybe if they can maybe keep, as I said, um, Ender Stevens, the left wing back, occupied, uh, I think that will I think that will consider, considerably reduce Sheffield United's threat. And we've mentioned there uh, the defence and how many goals have conceded, not many at all. I suppose mm. if you're Joe Linton. You're having a tough time already in the Premier League. You've only scored one goal. You're not getting any luck. You're not even getting any shots on goal. And you're going to go yeah. up against the, you know the Premier League's third best defence. You're not really looking forward to Thursday, are you? No, I. You know, I guess I guess it might be one of those days where you just have to do a job when you're when you're one centre forward playing against three centre backs in terms of occupying them and, and bringing uh, midfield runners into play. I guess. And in terms of Newcastle's key men, as in the, the, the people that you would recommend Chris Wilder would keep an eye on and try and keep quiet, um, is it going to be Alan St. Maximum? If he's fit, he obviously limped off against City. We'll wait to see what yeah. Steve Bruce says in his press conference about that. But is, is, it, is it St. Maximum, if fit, is the one that you think uh, Wilder will need to try and uh, keep quiet? I, I think he's probably probably one they'll have to watch. I think they'll have to be careful about him, obviously, if if Shelby plays again, you always want to stop him getting on the ball too much and and dictating the play. Um, and you know, if, if again, I know he wasn't. On, I don't think he was on the bench at the weekend. But if uh, if Andy Carroll has any part to play, then obviously you've got you've got different problems to worry about with him. Well, certainly. I mean, yeah. I mean, Carroll's uh, just brings a bit of a different dynamic to the game, I guess, when he comes off the bench. That's right. Getting 
uh, injury update again off Steve Bruce on Carroll's fitness. Um, I mean, what's the view of Newcastle United down there in Sheffield from like the fans? Is the is it you know any thought really on 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 Newcastle at all? Or is it just a, it's just another game? I think I think to be honest with you, with with the number of big games they've had recently, you know they've, they've played Manchester United recently, they've played Arsenal recently, they went to uh, first trip to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium recently. I think those are the games they'd be more focused on, you know, and they've got a couple of uh, couple of really big games uh, against Manchester City and Liverpool coming over over Christmas. I think in this hectic period of, uh, of matches, it's it's just another game for them really, and. And just another opportunity, as I said, to keep that momentum, that positive momentum going. And then finally, Stu, I always ask our guests for a score prediction. I know from history, you don't really have much luck with getting them right. So if you're positive <laughs> towards Sheffield United, hopefully your horrible form in predicting scores <laughs> from your time at the Chronicle will uh, continue. But go on, your score prediction for Thursday. Um, well, I'm feeling quite positive about Sheffield United's chances. You know, since I've been up here as, or down here as chief uh, chief football writer of the Yorkshire Post, they've been in really good form. Um, I would predict a 2-0 win for them. Fantastic. Well, Stu, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. It's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group the North East number one family-owned Toyota, Mazda and Suzuki dealership group. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from. So that was the view there of Stu down uh, in Yorkshire, now joined by Kieran Kelly. Kieran, um, it's not the easiest games for Newcastle to win on Thursday, but they'll go in full of positive uh, thoughts after the uh, draw against Man City. Yeah, I think Sheffield United have been the story of the Premier League season so far for me um, you know I think a lot of people rightly or wrongly would have had them among those candidates who'd be really struggling in the first first half of the season but I mean they've it's just been remarkable the spirit they've played with the signings they've made you look at the goals in the team maybe that was an issue you looked at ahead of the season that hasn't been the case um, and Wilder's got something really special going there you have to say and I think particularly at Bramall Lane um on a normal day, that stadium's bouncing. Um, but particularly with this run of form they've had, you know, they've given so many big teams a, a good game. And I think Newcastle, whatever about the result the other day, I think they'll have to play with even more intensity to go there because, um, you know, the fans get on top of you. Um, the team will get on top of them and they're going to have to ride it out at times. Um, so it's, it's a really good test. And, you know, particularly when... Steve Bruce talked about this inconsistency issue at home. Newcastle been pretty sound, but away from home, you know, after a good result, how do you follow that up? So um, what one are we going to see? Are we going to see the team that dismantled West Ham or the one that struggled a bit against Villa? That's the big question. That's the question we always <laughs> seem to be asking. Uh, Stu Rainer picked out Alistair Maximum as the man that, you know, Sheffield Knight will have to keep quiet. Of course, he limped off um, against Man City. It didn't look good but Steve Bruce obviously didn't he didn't know what the damage was um, straight after the Man City game we'll find out tomorrow but I mean if he is missing and of course like we said we don't know if he is it would be a huge miss wouldn't it yeah I mean um, a lot's made of goals and assists these days and I think with Sam Maximin since he's come to the team it's changed the way Newcastle played it's been like that final piece of the jigsaw um, in terms of when they win the ball back they have someone who can just take them up the field really quickly. 
you're seeing the fullbacks he's come up against, whether it's Zabaleta, Walker, they they don't enjoy playing against him, even though teams probably are getting an idea through clips of him playing, of how he plays. How do you combat it? Do you put three on him? Do you stand off him? He he is just a tough, tough player to play against, I'd imagine. So I think he's he's brought so much uh, to Newcastle in the short time he's been there, as I said, without scoring or, or getting necessarily an assist, bar that Yedlin um, free goal. Um, but he, he gives them something that these players know he's that one player arguably that can just pull something out of nothing and that's a huge quality this is Acast Recommends every week we pick one of our favourite shows and this is one we think you're going to love hello I'm Jeff Lloyd and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband a baby podcast that is it's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Interestingly, uh, Stu and I mentioned how it's the full backs or the wing backs at Sheffield United which are the real kind of outlets and he even suggested that maybe a change in personnel would be the best thing for Newcastle to try and counter the threat from the full-backs. It's nothing that we can really see Steve Bruce do. I don't, I don't think Steve Bruce would do that, do you? No, I mean, he. there's, there's a fine line, isn't there, between respect and, um, you know, going in with a specific game plan. I know he's contemplating changes because the fact is, I think they play... See, there's seven games in 27 days or maybe even eight there's there's a lot of games to come so someone like Sean Longstaff will definitely be knocking on the door Fabian Cher will certainly get back in the team at some stage you would think but I it reminds me a bit of the Brighton game you know where you had um, Brighton play in a very specific way that their defenders really help kickstart attacks and Sheffield United take that up a whole new level so He's certainly going to have to think of, of a way of combating that way they split the centre-backs. It is revolutionary. Um, it's taken the league by storm. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a balance between, you know, I think Newcastle, for example, they prepared to take on Man City and how to contain them. But equally, they're looking at how can you hurt them as well. And I think Bruce will look at this positively. I think how can they look at taking apart Sheffield United as much as respecting what a great side they are at the moment. It's interesting because, again, going back to our previous guest, he said, you know, Sheffield United don't really have any must-win games because they're going quite well in the Premier League. Um, obviously, the more they get to, we'll say, 30 or 40 points, 40 points is that, that target. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so they maybe approach this game against Newcastle very relaxed, whereas Newcastle, there's always that bit of pressure, <laughs> there's always that bit of expectation. And on the road, Newcastle have struggled of late. Possibly. Well, I... What I gleam from Wilder, though, is he's someone who doesn't let his flares rest up. He just sounds like an absolute nightmare uh, in terms of, um, you see in his interviews, you know, the fans, uh, there was a game, I think, against Liverpool in the season where the fans applauded him off and he was almost taken aback by that. And he sets really high standards. I'd be very surprised if they, they were off the boil for this game. 
I think, as you say, in terms of must-win games, I think Newcastle get a point from this. It's a good result for me because at home, particularly against Southampton on Sunday, that's a huge game as well. I think if they got four points from those two games, they're they're in a really, really good place now going into uh, the second half of December. Um, I think that would be a really good return. But yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. I, I'd be very surprised if... Sheffield United took their eye off it. Admittedly, you know, for some players, it's easier to get up for the visit of Man United than maybe Newcastle. But Wilder just strikes me as someone who would be driving that home all week. Don't don't let your standards drop. And I guess the message that Steve Bruce will be driving home this week, and he kind of alluded to it in the, in the post-match press conference, was, as, as you mentioned, that inconsistency. Yeah. I mean, you can't go out and turn up against Manchester City and, and show exactly what this Newcastle United side can do on a good day yeah. and then head down to South Yorkshire and not turn up like they did last week against Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. When when a team plays well, you know, Villa did play well, Grealish and Huram were, were really the standout players, but it's true, you just... Newcastle have had, I suppose, this mentality issue going back a while. You know, it used to annoy Mourinho a lot when he'd come, and Newcastle always raised their game. Um, and then the next week, they might struggle against someone they were more expected to beat. So that's something that will take time to to probably properly address. But yeah, if they could just get that consistency, we I almost thought that they were starting to get together after the back to back win, such a big thing to do in the Premier League um, against you know two teams who are. You know, in between where those top teams are and where Newcastle are and West Ham and Bournemouth, and you kind of thought Sheffield United and Villa fall into that category as well. Um, and I suppose we'll know come come half nine on Thursday where they're at. But you would just hope, whatever about the result, a better performance than the one at Villa. So much praise for Wild, and quite rightly, you know, he's done an excellent job. But if Newcastle beat. Sheffield United, they'll be on the same points as them. And obviously there's other games in between now yes. and then, so because Amazon have decided they want to rule the world with this schedule. But, you know, when we look at when you cast on the table and just how close it is, <laughs> you know, it's a bizarre Premier League season so far. And it's hard to define the kind of season Newcastle have had so far because they're only four points off the drop zone. Mm. But at the same time, they're only, what, two points from top 10 it's it's bizarre yeah I think the season in every aspect from from Leicester being Leicester to Sheffield United as we mentioned there have been so many interesting subplots I think it's true what you said when you look at the table like that it says it all I don't think you even need to do the whole I think tiresome of they had x points at this stage last season I don't think Bruce necessarily is thinking about that. I don't think Benitez would say it as comparable situations either, but I think you just have to say um, he's done a good job so far, but he will be the last person who's getting carried away. I think there's so many games this month that it is defining for their season. If they can come out of this month and they're you know, that much closer to safety, it doesn't necessarily take the pressure off, but just gives them a platform to push into the new year, and that's really, really important. Um, but you have to say in... in certain aspects it's coming together and other aspects I think there's there's more to come and you look at that front line uh, when it finally happens as we've said every week um, that is a really decent team um, because at the back they've been they've been very good generally and they do have those options pushing each other look at Shelby being out of the team comes back in he's been he's been great for the most part in the past four or five games uh, you still have long stuff to come back in there's good competition there and, and that's driving them on and it's a team with confidence 
I heard he was excellent against Villa, despite, yeah. despite what Twitter <laughs> thinks. Um, we'll talk about personnel then. We'll keep this answer brief. Joe Linton, keep him on the side Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... I know it's... I think he's, he's had 14, 14 starts now and one goal, but yeah, against City, there are elements where you're like, oh, if only he was that guy busted busting his gut to get into the it box it was that one chance it was Amiron put it in and he just 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 a little bit of and then equally on the flip side he was the one that set that move in motion so it's almost like he is essentially a, a nine and a half rather than a nine so you need someone ahead of him but then you have to change the shape it's it throws up more questions I think as far as the team goes I think he you know you're starting to see him winning free kicks starting to do the um, the sly things better in terms of just the Premier League but yeah, he is ultimately going to be judged on goals, and you know, I think his confidence it would knock him to be dropped after that city game. I don't think he was terrible, but you just want to see those those chances inside the box um, and him taking one, isn't it? You mentioned obviously Sean Longstaff potentially knocking on the door for a place. Is it a case that you see the starting eleven? Um, obviously, it's, let's let's say Sir Max might be fully fit. Is largely going to be the same. And then we get a Southampton, you see changes, or is it the other way around? You might see changes this Thursday and we're at home against Southampton, you see. Yeah, you, you wonder. I, I'd imagine a lot of them were quite bruised from all the running on, on Saturday, so it will be interesting to see. I, I think he would ideally like to limit it to, you know, if you are to make changes, almost do two changes against Sheffield and then two against Southampton rather than four or five in one game because they're both really tough games in, in different ways. So... I think he'll make minor tweaks maybe in both games. Um, it'd be amazing if... I mean, it has generally been the same starting eleven since that West Ham game, really, hasn't it? Bar the odd because of injuries. Um, but if you used to name the same one again, that's some going for those players. I know there have been um, spaces between games, but yeah, ahead of Southampton, yeah, you would think there'll be one or two changes in each game, I would think. And just a word on Shelby, obviously equalised... Against City, a good goal, um, but we need to see against these sort of sides. No disrespect to Sheffield United and then Southampton. Obviously, we'll talk about more about Southampton um, next week or later this week. Sorry, but we need to see more. We need to see consistency. Yeah, I mean we've we've been saying that about him for a while. I think he's he, what he's brought to that team since he came in against West Ham has 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 been really noticeable. Set pieces, the passing. Um, and quietly, you know, bit of a bit of a leader emerging as well in Lascelles' absence. Uh, I think to to step up like he did with that goal, it wasn't just the finish; it was having the 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 alertness to you know let Atsu know I'm unmarked, pick me out, I'll I'll do the rest. And to to have that level head when you've been rocked by a stunning De Bruyne goal, and then when there's so little time left, it it, it was a brilliant goal. Um, and I think you've seen him stepping in with the defence responsibilities but against teams in around Newcastle you'll have a little bit more time um, to have that extra touch to really dictate to really get on the ball and, and dominate games and um, I think that's that's exactly what he has to do now um, I don't think to be fair you can expect one player to be a game changer every week but it's just you know doing a 6 out of 10 performance every week I think that's the big thing for him now and uh, yeah it's, it's a huge chance for him Fingers crossed we get to see the best of them over the next couple of weeks over the next few months. We'll finish, as always, then with your score prediction. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I think it'll be entertaining. 
um, it'll be a good result if they got it. But yeah, I don't I don't feel pessimistic necessarily. It's just going to be tough if that makes sense. <laughs> Did you feel pessimistic before Villa? Uh, yes. To oh have, yes. Not, see is that now? Did, well, I don't even know what my prediction was. I think <laughs> I, I wasn't. I didn't think it was going to be a walk. And uh, we need we need to see an improved performance. Yeah, from all exactly. Things, yeah. I think we'd all agree. <laughs> Well, you can head over to Chronicle Live to keep up with all the latest Newcastle United news, including Steve Bruce's press conference, which is tomorrow, um, and then obviously the match live coverage on Thursday, and all, of course, the game reaction as well. Thank you very much. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows... And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.